0: What's up? What's up? MLK Day. Uh, recording an episode for you guys. It's been a while. Been back in Nashville now for seven months. Um, got some friends with me tonight. We're going to have like a little roundtable discussion. There's supposed to be more people. Adam Warfield flaked because he had a basketball game, even though he's not an athlete. Uh, Daniel Jones had a a thing for a rehearsal because he is uh, actually a famous musician. Nobody knows it yet. Um who else is supposed to be here oh marissa sardar shout out to you princess for always being sick whenever something needs to get done um always coming in clutch but tonight i got danny who is dj disarray and then i've got connor the lovely ginger that you guys all know and love from tin roof on sundays dj houndstooth i'll let you guys say what's up introduce yourselves how's it going guys danny nashville tennessee local
1: Moved away for about six years, but now I'm back. Two DJ names later, um, <laughs> two cities later, just out here, just out here reinventing <laughs> myself. <laughs> just, just every every new city, new name, new name.
2: But uh, it's good to be back. Glad to be on here. Connor, uh, Connor Barnes, aka DJ House Two. Uh, originally from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Lived in Nashville for eight years now. DJing for about ten. Uh, happy to be here. I still just always wonder, like the
0: conversation we had last week at Tin Roof, like how many people walk through Tin Roof every single Sunday and see you and say what's up to you and have no idea what your real name is? Uh, I
2: bet 20% actually know my real name. but and it's 80% of people don't know his real name. <laughs> no, people who listen to the podcast will know my full name. <laughs>
0: now they're going to say, hi, Connor, instead of just hey. <laughs> um, And then... Obviously, Connor, we know. Like we just talked about, you play at Tin Roof a lot. Where else do you play very uh, often?
2: Uh, Panther Social, Whiskey Row. Um, well, I just drew blank. R.I.P. Paradise Park. Paradise Park. Yeah. We we were we were
0: part of the reinvention. It just you know had a shelf life, apparently. R.I.P. Man. R.I.P. <laughs> <It's> so sad. <laughs> I want
2: to know where all the fucking lights are uh ainsworth as well I'll just kind of bouncing a little bit yeah. yeah danny you're at ainsworth
0: late night sometimes ainsworth
1: late nights travel mostly um catch me in dc new york chicago uh atlanta a lot um and doing the whole esports touring thing so uh once that's picked up i'll be traveling uh, a lot more but in town paradise park obviously um Getting my first residency uh, (laughs) spot back in the city was great. Um, Ainsworth, I fill in everywhere. It's in the roof. I'm I'm
0: literally everywhere. Danny most recently got his first tattoo, and he was super excited about it when we were at Paradise (laughs) Park, and it's like out in the hot sun, with an arm full of for And I'm like, bro, that shit can't be comfortable. <laughs> it,
2: was, it, was it was oozing
0: out of my it skin. It was the funniest thing. It was oozing out of my skin. He like had an aura of for around his entire
2: body. The sun was dangerous, man. It uh, was. Yo. Was so dangerous. Yeah, I, I here overheating computers. Yeah. Battle the Dude, elders. every time. <laughs> Danny's computer would shut like, off bro. like twice a gig. We're like,
0: all right, man, we'll get you a fan, I guess. Oh, I don't know. There was one time I was playing
2: in the, in the rain, just was creeping through those tents that we use oh God. dude the night that marissa was there
0: it like just kept raining off and on and we're like all right we should be good we put it back outside it starts fucking downpouring i'm just like standing out in the rain with a trash bag just covering the board <laughs> oh, my and God. i'm like i I can't move like literally can't move if i move <laughs> these umbrellas are gonna shake there's gonna be water everywhere everything's gonna be ruined marissa fucking runs outside and i'm like thinking to myself oh she's definitely gonna ask me if i need help she grabs her bag and fucking sprints back inside it's like <laughs> all right tight as i'm like standing smart <laughs> she's smart like i gotta go herself. grab a change of shirt and shit. it was wild. <laughs> and then rod we had the same shit for rod one night i moved him inside and outside like four times oh, and man. finally after the last time i moved him inside i was like i don't care what the weather says you're staying staying right here on the floor with everyone else yeah you can stand on the puke spot <laughs> jeez i don't miss those days um They were fun, though. Yeah. So tonight's episode, uh, obviously, if you are in the industry, and even if you're not, you are familiar with probably what's happening in the industry in a couple different aspects. Uh, There was a situation at a local bar um, on Division Street in Midtown, not to say any names. It rhymes with uh, Shishar, and it's been around for a while. We've probably all been to it at least once. I know Sunday Funday's there. Like when we, used to, when I was at Kung Fu, we used to go there all the time, late night, and people would get drunk and play Golden tea for like hours and bet a lot of money. It was kind of, it was weird. It was like cult. Um, but you know, the owner apparently went to a DJ a couple weeks ago. Um, DJ's name was AJ, right? AJ King. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know AJ personally. Um, you know, obviously. Him coming out and speaking up about it uh, took some balls. So, like, shout out to you, dude, for speaking up because I feel like you know somebody had to do that. Yeah, someone's got to do it. It's it's a lot more common probably than what anyone's talking about.
1: Unfortunately,
0: as far as like how that goes and essentially what was reported that was said. You know, obviously we weren't there, so we don't know. Um, Supposedly, what was said was that uh, the owner went to him and told him to turn off the n-word music because it's getting too there's too many black people in the venue um at that point he shut everything down and just packed up and dipped so like hats off to you hand clap whatever you know you need like again i think it's really important to discuss it um and bring it up because it does happen all over the place and you know me being from dc like it's a pretty predominantly african-american community up there and running nightclubs in that city for you know seven years i saw it all uh but i can assure you i got some friends that you know run venues that are hip-hop every single night and those same friends are shutting down for two months a year to rejuvenate and reinvent their venue because they're doing 25 million dollars of revenue a year so it's pretty clear that you know obviously there is some racial injustices or what have you in the industry but uh kind of like what i've talked about on my episodes before people are people i think we all gotta just be treated equally and i think that's like where in our world we see it a lot in the bar industry everyone wants to stereotype or like pass a judgment or what have you nobody expects connor's white ass to be playing hip-hop every sunday at Tin roof (laughs) but here he is with a a red ass beard and a snapback on just hanging out um so you know yeah it's super important so again aj uh Big ups to you like for, for speaking out. Um I think probably every DJ in Nashville will will say that to you if they're not a pussy. Um, the ones who actually give a shit will. I know Adam was one of the first people I called about getting on his podcast because he was one of the first ones I saw repost it and talk about, you know, that and unfortunately he couldn't be here tonight because he's too important for us. But um he's a big time athlete. Yeah, big time athlete. <laughs> big time ball player. Didn't even know it. Um so, no, just kind of uh, we're going to get to talk, obviously, you know, we want to touch on that. But I think this episode is taking it into a different direction. Like, I want to hear from both Connor and Danny about, like, their experiences at different venues throughout the throughout the industry. Um, Danny's done it in multiple cities. Connor's done it in multiple cities. Danny did it in my hometown for a little while. Even dj at one of the places I opened years after I worked there. So that was, like, super small world. <laughs> Um, But, you know, I think DJs are really undervalued in this industry. Uh, a good DJ is really undervalued. Uh, a great DJ is even more undervalued. I think, you know, if we could have Rod and, and Jeremy would have been on this episode and kind of as like the OGs uh, of the city. And then playing all different types of music. I mean, Jeremy has lost ones uh, every Thursday night at Rosemary Beauty Queen, where he's playing all like old school hip hop from b sides uh, of the record. And just like, you know, you don't really hear about anything bad ever happening at Rosemary, so it's right crazy that now you hear about a midtown bar and it's like, oh God, it's too dark and you're like, but what what? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's a Friday or Saturday night in Nashville, like there's all kinds of people, and yeah, I mean, hell, there's there's no
2: room for that. Man. There's
0: not. Uh, So we want to talk a little bit about, again, just kind of what they bring to the table. Um, You know, not like their personal opinion, just like actual facts. Um, Obviously, you know, DJs are important to me. Uh, These guys are not only my friends, but they came to Paradise. They played for me a lot had a lot of great times, a lot of fun. Um, So they're important to the business. They, you know, they, they do a lot for the business that's not really noticed very often. Like if there's about to be a fight, we can put on an R&B song and like kind of calms everyone down. And if you want to turn the party up, you can turn music up and change something up and, and do some of that stuff. And it's not, you know, it's not they're not just button pushers. They are still human beings. They get paid the same way we do. This is their job. This is their career. Um, except for Danny. He's like some weird day job guy, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> he, he double dips. So it is what it is. Um. So, yeah, let's just talk a little bit like Danny, if you're going into a set on a Friday night, what like how often do you think about like your music selection what makes you decide um what music you're playing that night whether it be the venue whether it be the the crowd etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean like do you look at venues and think about like their lighting or like oh wow it's too bright in here i can't play some can't play pussy popping on a handstand because because no one's gonna dance because it's wants too to bright to yeah, nobody wants to it's too bright so like what do you think about going into a set I mean it's definitely you're looking at the venue
1: first so the type of people that are coming into the venue right you know also what time the gig is you're not trying to turn up at you know, 2 p.m 2 p.m <laughs> unless you're at <laughs> uh, 10 a.m you don't need to be dropping dmx party up i mean just you know you're, you're kind of going in that mindset and then obviously things change you know every 15, 20, 30 minutes. Okay, you see them turning up and just kind of bring the vibe and energy. You know, I start off pretty chill. They um, just kind of read the room. Um, but I'm also keeping in mind, like, what does management want? But also, you know, what are get the bartenders paid? Uh, there's a lot of DJs that do their own thing, go rogue, and don't think about those things. Yeah, we well, you know them all too You well. know? Um, which is unfortunate. <clears throat> but I've I've done it so many times. Everything's kind of pre-planned in my head. I can start off with a '90s hip hop set. I can start off with the, you know, um, you know, tropical house set or a house set. You know, depending on if I'm doing like a dinner set or something like that. So it, it honestly just depends on the venue, time of the day, you know, what the expectations are. Like if I'm playing at it's this can be different from what I'm playing at Tin Roof. Um, so that just kind of from the experience
0: yeah yeah and i think just kind of to touch like like danny said i he was i I gave him his first residency being back in nashville and it was always kind of a unique set because it's that like friday night from six to ten and you like you don't really know what to expect like connor plays at whiskey row thursdays on the rooftop and sometimes there's one person sometimes there's 200 people (laughs) and you don't know what to expect and like danny played before jeremy and, you know, again, Jeremy, Rod, like all those those guys are, are OGs and they're kind of, you know, masters of their craft. But it was like, for me, I wanted to create like this roster where I just had like, almost like DJ couples is what I considered it on my schedule. <laughs> so I was like, Jeremy, who do you want to play before you? And then Danny came in, played well, and Jeremy was like, I fuck with it because he was come like, he would come in an hour before his set, listen to what you were playing, know that you guys weren't going to play the same shit back to back again and. It just worked out and then you know with rod on saturday we did the same thing where connor's coming in sometimes at 6 30 set and <clears throat> playing before him and, and there were times where it wasn't very busy and then there were times where it was like slam packed so it was like creating that kind of that duo that tandem of like we're gonna play all the best music the entire time and you're not gonna hear the same song over and over yeah and you know there were other djs that you know they did their thing. They did whatever they wanted to.
2: Playing downtown, too, is like you never know what kind of crowd you're going to get.
0: Yeah. tourists. you don't know if you're going to get locals at night and, like, know everybody in the room. You don't know if you're not going to know a single I, I person think, in the room.
1: I think this is where skill and experience comes into play. It's like you know when you've got to just amp it up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be able to fill the room. I mean, it's common, pure common sense.
2: Yeah. Maybe Coming from an artist.
1: Able to read the crowd. Read the crowd. Sure. Yeah. Some dude comes out popping
0: bottles, and it's like, and it's like, fuck, we got gotta play something big.
2: Yeah, gotta yeah. play some Drake. Exactly.
0: Probably should turn Miguel off right now. Hold on.
2: Sometimes you might come into a gig with an idea of what you want to play, and then like the crowd is not what you're expecting. so you Yeah. Gotta adapt. Like there was one night at Paradise, I was I was planning on just doing like typical Broadway stuff, like just kind of seeing what I what I needed to do based on the crowd, and then like everybody just wanted Latin music that night. Yeah. And they wanted like. I, I, I never really play line dances, but they wanna like keep a shuffle and stuff like that. So kill yourself. Nope. I deleted <laughs> that from my library. This is me.
0: on the do not play list. I mean, Do not
2: play this. I, I mean I would you. normally never play it, but they were tipping heavy, so Yeah. yeah was, <laughs> Sometimes you gotta it. get paid for sure. I went with it and, and it turned out being good, so I think that was a night that like Cody played after me.
0: That saying, might that might
2: have been your birthday night. We probably had enough turn up after. Seven <laughs> if Cody
0: was there,
2: that might have been your birthday night when I sprayed you champagne.
0: I oh, doused. I remember that. Doused. doused, and that was the day I got my second shot. So by like by like eleven o'clock, I was like my fucking joints were sore. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm gonna die. I don't <laughs> and then, of course, everyone like Chris and everyone's looking at me like, I don't care how bad you feel in the morning. We're still going out for your birthday, and, <laughs> and we're doing this all day. And then. God forbid the worst possible thing happens. All the Tin Roof boys are out for Boys Day mm-hmm. on my birthday. And we run <laughs> into them at Hampton and they're all wearing their fucking matching jerseys like they do every year. Oh my God. And I just walked in and I was like, I just remember looking over and saying, oh fuck. <laughs> we ended up going from Hampton and then we all went to paradise. I went in and saw Logan the other night. He was like, yo, I haven't seen you in forever. He was like, it was like nobody remembered that day. It
2: oh was, my
0: god! It was, it was a long day. There was like they were gambling. There was a, probably a thousand dollars cash on the beer pong table in the rooftop of Paradise Park at like one in the afternoon on a Sunday. From the Tin Roof staff, just fucking delinquents. <laughs> just delinquents. Get them after it. Shout out to Tin Roof staff. You guys uh, party harder than anyone ever should. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, let's talk about a night like. Obviously, you know, it, it was funny because when Chase Akers came in and played at Paradise one night, he like did the typical Broadway thing. And he thought he thought that that's what everyone on Broadway wanted. Like he got on the mic a couple of times and like I love Chase to death, but we all know his voice. is like yeah. it, It's just it's anyone's voice on a microphone in the middle of a DJ set. is just awkward. Right. Like volume completely changes. You're like, what the fuck's happened to the music? And who's this weird voice I'm listening to? But I like like text him was like yo no mic and then i like ran over to him after the second time he did it and of course like he like he knows he was like man my bad like i thought we were just doing like tc group type shit and i was like the crowd here just doesn't we've not ne- like the crowd's never vibed with a microphone here like i normally yeah. don't even allow them to have a microphone up here and i think it was his own mic because i was like i didn't
2: give that shit to you some guys kill it but i mean <laughs> I, I feel like no matter what you how you do when you MC, like you're gonna sound a little bit cheesy yeah and it's weird, like, and sometimes I worse people, but it's just not there are
1: some DJs that all they do is talk. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name names because
2: <laughs> I'm respectful. But like get off the fucking up. mic! Yeah, you know? <laughs> play it, some music. Play some music. I feel like sometimes people do that to cover up. Yeah, hundred uh, percent shortcomings elsewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: You like that transition that you had at tin roof where the song almost went completely off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Connor, yeah. Grab, grab the mic. Yeah. Grab the mic. Let's <laughs> up real quick. <laughs>
2: was like, he's like, happens like once a night. It's
0: like, oh hello,
2: gosh.
0: hello, guys. I'm DJ Houndsfoot. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Do you guys like my musical sounds? <laughs> um, so let's talk about like, let's talk about one of those like nights that you just talked about, Connor. Like when you go to a venue, you have something in your mind. Like you're going to Whiskey Row. You're like, I'm fucking turning up. It's been a long week. I want to have fun. I want to have a blast. And you get there, you have this whole whole set list in your head. And then you get there and it's like fuck there's no people here. I can't play any good music because the closer comes on after me <laughs> when there's actually people here that are going to want to play these songs. Um and you had to completely change your set like on the fly. How does that like process for you? Like do how do you feel like as a DJ for the venue at that point like cuz I know there's some DJs that, that have come to me and they're like if they DJ on a slow night they're like man, I'm so sorry. I'm like, "Bro, I don't expect you to bring people here." like you're a dj you're not a promoter Mm -hmm. i'm paying you to control the energy and the vibe in my building while you're here but all you can do is post it on social media that you're playing here like i don't i don't hold anyone accountable for if i'm busy or not because it's again it's not y'all's job like unless you just empty the room right yeah danny's done that a couple times dj clear them out (laughs) 7 (laughs) 30 bye-bye 7 30 they've been (laughs)
1: drunk for the past six hours at yeah. the park i mean what do you <laughs> think that it that's that's uh, happened
2: to me actually which wrote your a few a couple yeah. times, but but there's always kind of a change over you never know if there's an event going on like there's there always there's always that like show. changeover from like seven to eight thirty nine yeah. o'clock
1: once nine o'clock 9 30 hits it's it's it's, it's like the girl yeah the nighttime exactly closing time crowd exactly. comes in but that's the toughest set too is that opening slot because it really is. Because then the managers are like, why is it so dead? Yeah. Like like you said, we get paid to DJ not to promote. But like, right. There's a lot of managers out there that are like, he just cleared the fucking room, you know, at 7 p.m. Like, what is going
0: on? What's wrong? You know? I think any of my Paradise Park staff can tell you my my busting ass in the elevator was clearing a lot more rooms than the DJ music was. <laughs> Like Chris Chris would get on the elevator and I'd be like, yo, I just farted. You <laughs> <laughs> get on the elevator ten minutes later and be like, what the fuck? And I used to do it on purpose. Like I would I would crop dust the elevator because I didn't want guests to use it. Oh, so the people that dig it on it, I'm like,
2: hey, buddy, let's get this smell. Get out of the bar, smell like smell shit, my man.
0: ass. Here you go, guys.
2: <laughs> this part smells like shit. <laughs>
0: it's like fucking anchor man. Like, it smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> but so <clears throat> obviously you have those nights. But, like, do you lose motivation, like, when you go into one of those nights and your entire set has to change? Like, what – psychologically, like, Uh, not to get too deep, but, like, what happens there? No,
2: not so much. I mean, like, you – it's like we were talking about earlier, like, a good skill to have as a DJ is just being able to adapt to the crowd. Like, sometimes, like – I mean, me personally, I have, like, a few playlists that I know, like, here's some good tracks. But for the most part, I just jump into a set like with no expectations. And just seeing what people like dance around to. Like kind of what Daniel was talking about earlier. Like you might start with some 90s hip hop and then like 15 minutes in, like switch it up, see what happens. And play the cuban shuffle four times in a row. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're kind of testing the room at that at that point. Right. You know, yeah. what's gonna hit. And once it hits, it's somebody 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 starts
0: up. busting a move. And yeah. you see oh, who fucking Carly, probably, in the corner on a, <laughs> in a fucking handstand. they are like, what the hell is happening now? Probably wearing her Betty White outfit. Oh,
2: it's God. it's yeah. a good thing to just bounce around a little bit from genres and moods to just yeah, see what it's throwing shit on the wall. See yeah, sticks, you know?
0: and it's crazy, too, because like I was having a conversation with uh, Brandon Aquino last week and it's just like <clears throat> we talked about you can always tell like who gives a shit right like as a dj like there's a lot of times i go to a lot of tc group places and like you walk in and whatever the dj's name is like it could it could be how they're playing music like if it's like a, a bad name or something you're like wow this music is terrible and like for me that fun like it hurts my brain to be in a bar and like hear a bad transition mm-hmm. or like we had i mean we had one i'm not gonna say where we had it we had one uh this past week where like. The dude was like, it sounded like he was playing Spotify. Like the whole song would go off, and then a new song would start. And I'm like, what is happening? Please don't bring him back. But like, for me, like it's it's cringeworthy. Sometimes you go into a set, or like, or like you go into a venue, the speakers are too loud, or the speakers are blown because they were too loud, or like you. I mean, we all see it, right? Like when we go out and we hang out. We're obviously overanalyzing the room probably because it's really hard to turn that like
2: yeah, business run, brain off.
0: Yeah. And you're just like watching this room die. And you, do you guys as DJs ever, like, do you ever wanna like go tag in? Like, yo, let me help you, man. Like, like, obviously, around town, you guys know people. And I feel like, like, I know Danny's gotten on the decks a couple times. Like, at someone else's set, and they just like asked him. But like, if you, right. yeah, if you, yeah, if you guys were ever, yep. if you guys were ever like out of town and you were at a venue and this dude was just like really struggling or this girl was really struggling, would you just be like, hey, man, like, uh, you want some help? I mean, I think there's a little bit of DJ etiquette there. Yeah.
1: You know, you kind of let them do their thing, and then I, I just walk out. <laughs> I just walk out. I don't pay any attention to it, like, peace.
0: Yeah, it's you've so lost, hard sometimes. You've lost all my respect
1: as a person just doing it for so long, so.
0: Yeah, it's the same thing, too. Like, you can see bartenders and see their energy, like, but it's, that... it's higher or low. Like, the, again, so many people don't realize what the music does. It's like that... It's, it's the, it's the intangible of like, you're not doing it yourself. So you're not paying as much attention to it. Whereas like, think about if you're in a room and like, let's say you're at STK, right? They have a dinner set and then they have a late night set. People that are sitting in dinner at six o'clock and then if the DJ changes to 8 PM, they don't like, people don't realize that the music goes up or goes down yeah, because they're just guests at that point. It's white noise. Like they're just there Mm -hmm. eating some food, hanging out. They're not there to see the DJ. Right. But like as a manager for me, I'm like eight o'clock. We gotta turn music up. Yeah. Like it can't be can't be an elevator in here. So, <laughs> and like I think about that shit all the time when I'm in a venue. Like again, it hurts my head. I mean, I think that can segue into, you
1: know, you're also thinking like it could be this packed ass bar. And then you've got this trash ass DJ. What did that guy <laughs> have to trash do? <laughs> Damn. Trash. Trash. <Like>,
0: I mean, <laughs> it's so funny when I was talking to Jeremy on. Uh, I saw Jeremy Saturday at Kung Fu. And was talking to him about the podcast and him and Rod went to Vegas together. I really wish you guys got snowed in, so fuck y'all. <laughs> but <laughs> Jer- Jeremy's like, I'd love to be on it. He's like, I just sit over in the back with like real dad energy and just be like, trash, garbage. <laughs> He's like, I would just say one word or the whole fucking time. And I'm like, damn, we need
1: that energy. Yeah, it's definitely different um uh, motivations for different people. Yeah. Um, Different DJs. Some people aren't doing it for the love of music. They're doing it for the paycheck, paycheck, or doing it for the clout or where it can get them ahead in life. um I'm happy to. I'm just happy to play in public.
2: Right? Yeah,
0: right. Whether it be five people or five thousand. Well, especially people. after the last couple of years we've had with COVID and shit. I think mm-hmm. you know I talked about on one of my episodes before. Like people don't realize like what that really did to the industry and it's crazy. Cause like we, like I get it, it affected a lot of people on a lot of different levels and a lot of different ways. But specifically in the bar industry, like we thrive off of that social interaction, whether we, whether we like it or want to admit it or not, like, yeah, there's plenty of times where like, I would go, I'd get behind the bar and I'd be like, I really fucking just hope nobody says anything to me except vodka soda or Bud Light, because like you have had a, had a rough night the night before you've had a long week, what have you. But like, then you take it all away with COVID. And all of a sudden, you're like, Oh, shit, I like need this to survive. Mm -hmm. And like, really, sadly, you know, you know, suicide hotline, I think the statistic was like, increased by 300% on the calls. And a lot of them were service industry people, like it was like, researched and documented that. And it's, it's, I mean, you know, you guys truly are a lot of times when you're behind a deck, you're on a stage. And then as a bartender or as a bar manager or or whatever your title is in the hospitality industry, if you're working for a venue, you're also on stage the entire time. Like if you had a shitty day, like you got to leave your attitude at the door. Or if you got, you know, issues with some girl or somebody pisses you off, like, I mean, hell, I got my last Saturday at Paradise, I had six guys try to jump me and got out of it. Everything was fine. I still had to go back in the building and, and run the business afterwards. I wasn't going to run it like I'm about to get jumped all night long. Like, I got to flip that switch back Other off. Staff? Huh? Other staff? Nah, it, it was – oh, man, it was a nightmare. This dude this, – I guess kids were from out of town, and his girl was in the bathroom, passed out. And Kelly, like, ran in there as soon as she heard about it. It was, like, laying on the floor underneath the bathroom stall to try to get this girl out. Like, make sure she's okay. So obviously we're showing that we care. And uh, all the guys are like hovered around the women's bathroom door on the rooftop at Paradise. And I'm like, guys, like you can't you can't be in here like holding the women's bathroom door open. Like that's not appropriate. And the dude's like, man, that's my girl. And, like start yelling at me. and I was like, I get it. But like I had to keep everyone on this, in, in the building safe. And what you guys are doing isn't safe. So like you can stay up. Your boys can go down. Well, it just took security a little bit longer than it should have to get them downstairs. So by the time we get the girl out, all the guys are still upstairs. And one of my security guards decides he wants to be big and bad and throw a punch. Mm-hmm. And then all, like, all hell broke loose because the dude is like yelling at me because he's like, I told you it was my fucking girl. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, look, again, I get it. Like, I understand what you're saying. I, I never said that it wasn't your girl. However, I got to keep everyone safe. Next thing I know, I'm in the middle of a crowd. Just like, dude, dude's holding on to my hoodie. I like got my hand around his throat and I'm like, we're on top of the stairwell. I'm like, this kid, this is going to get really bad because right. concrete stairwell, someone, someone goes down, like we're in trouble. So I'm like holding him also like while trying to make sure that nobody else falls down the stairwell. And I just got all these guys around me and Chris fucking comes out of nowhere. I just starts, I just feel him start yanking people off of me and yelling. I was like, finally, <laughs> finally someone's here. Um, alright, we gotta break real quick. All right, so here we go. All right, so and yeah, so that happened and it was that was a crazy shit. Like after that night I was like, Yeah, I'm ready to not be on Broadway for a little while. <laughs> like, let's take a step back. Now I'm out here slinging brunch food, serving tater tots and eggs. And it's delicious. Shout out to Hopsmith for giving the me a The Food is pretty good. Food's pretty good. Food's fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Food is pretty good. <laughs> sorry <laughs> goodbye to the w i didn't it didn't work out corporate <laughs> bars are not for me i, I realized that i That's curse i read david
2: david old college try yeah. i realized
0: that i curse a lot yeah. and it's just not very welcomed in the corporate world apparently nope. i got in trouble for having a meeting and, and saying damn what oh yeah they were like no for no profanity and i was like i don't know who the fuck. how am i supposed to talk i don't know what else to do <laughs> <laughs> Like they told me, they said something to me about it like three three times about using profiles. Like, guys, I can't, I, I got nothing for you. I don't know what to do. Yeah. But yeah, did it, gave it the old college try. Can't say I never worked at a corporate bar now. And the venue was beautiful. So that was cool. Um, But yeah, now we're at Hopsmith. It's cool. Um, Let's talk a little bit about social media and interaction and what that looks like for you guys on a weekly basis. Obviously, Connor was on time tonight. So he and I had a discussion before Danny got here. Danny, Danny brought the, Danny brought the CPT to the podcast. So that was good. Um, <clears throat> But no, like Connor doesn't really post a lot on social media unless it's his schedule. Um, Danny, I think you're kind of the same way. Like, what does that look for you? Guys? What does that look like for you guys on a weekly basis? And how much do you feel like social media really affects you and how you get booked and, where you get booked and how often and and all those things like do you need 20,000 followers do you need to buy followers to like have this like clout that you're supposed to have do you need to buy 50,000 followers so you can get a blue check and be certified to get booked at at at, like a whiskey row or or wherever like and the djs that do have those followers whether they paid for them or not some people have 20,000 followers and 50 likes it's kind of weird not saying anything specific but what, how does that like tie in? Like, I mean, obviously you see <clears throat> all the big name DJs are everywhere on social media, but as as a local DJ, and Danny, you get to go play, you know, across the country and Connor, I know you play in some other st- cities and states as well. What does that look like for you guys? What impact do you feel like social
2: media truly has on you as a DJ? Connor, go first. Sure. Uh, I think it's a necessary uh, component. It's not one that I exactly like love to it's not the side of the business that i love to do because you have to keep up with it all but me personally i just like post where i'm at that particular weekend if people want to know my schedule beyond that they can message me (laughs) Uh, i know some guys that like they'll post the whole month uh at the beginning um Not everyone's booked out a whole month in advance, right? Yeah, some people don't do that. Sometimes you get last minute stuff. Um, As far as. Having a certain follower count, um, that's I don't think that's really affected me personally that much. I mean, I think I have like just over 2000 um, ish. But. Because his has like 20,000 something, right?
0: But he's like he's got a lot from like the stuff that he does like overseas right and, he, and he like the like country radio stuff well. yeah 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 All so right. like his are legit josh i'm not saying that
2: your followers are purchased <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know they're legit there are some i mean again i'm not gonna name any names but there are some guys that that are like new to the scene ish and like and by this i mean like they've i think they've been djing like less than like two years or whatever. yeah yeah and they'll buy followers because they think like, that's what they have to do to compete. Right. And there is a certain level of like, you know, like maybe that can help you get in the door, but like, you can't fake it till you make it. Right. Oh, so much in this industry, I, I don't think. But don't can know. you or can't you like,
0: cause I think about, you look at all the venues that have bad DJs. I just, like if you I, come I, into I, a venue that I'm at, you can't fake it. Like I'm gonna call your ass out. If it's a bad I'm transition, like, I'm gonna text you and be like, like, yo, that was back. trash. <laughs> Please don't do it again.
2: I just think eventually it's going to come back around if you if you have not put in the practice and the legwork and the you know your ten thousand hours you know yeah it's it'll going catch to come back up around eventually right and I'm you know I'm I'm still not there all the way either like I I still got some shit to learn but I don't know
0: just my two cents I guess your bathroom breaks are always too long. <laughs> Connor's like hey stand stand next to the. Stand next to the booth for me and make sure nobody messes with it while I go to the bathroom. I'm like,
2: oh, the worst is having to poop during a set. No. I, was, I
0: was like, do I get behind it and like pretend like I'm a DJ and look cool for a second? Because it might work for you me. No one the
2: press, play. but I don't
0: touch anything.
2: Yeah. Let's talk about having having to do a number two during a set. Like you, you, do those like eight hour days. You minutes. better hope there's a DJ friend around. Right. Yeah. Well, I well, I'll, I'll just have like 15 minute mixes that I'll just like go real fast.
0: Somebody tag in. I got
2: to poo. Yeah. Emergency duty mix Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Club Killers.
0: Also, shout out to all the places that have really nasty, uncomfortable bathrooms. Because, fun fact about Connor, he poops for an hour unless he's in public. (laughs) It's the only time he can pinch one quickly. I take my time at the house. (laughs) Danny, what do you think social media does? I mean, I'm going on
1: 14, almost 15 years of DJing. When I started DJing, Facebook was just becoming a thing. He's Asian, yeah. too, so he looks like he's 11 <laughs> until he doesn't. Good skin. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> Um, You know, I started when Facebook had just gotten full public, not just from college kids. And, you know, I was able to use that to my advantage, but just I kind of hated the getting to know, like trying to promote and like reach out to people that way. I, I never grasped it, um, even up until a few years ago. Um, I wasn't really like big into social media like I'll post like you Connor I'll post, you know, my daily gig or weekly gigs, um, months in advance if I need to If for promoters like hey I need you to do something. Um, I think what's missing now is kind of being genuine, um, not just as a DJ but as a person. And I want people to see me as a person, not yeah, just as a yeah. DJ. Mm-hmm. So I'd be coming around more of showing more of my personal side without giving away too much. And to show that I actually have a, a personality, you know, like I'm more than just a guy that gets trashed behind the DJ booth, you know, like that does happen from time to time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm sure all DJs can relate, like it's happened, you know, shots are coming at you left and right. Um, but you know, I've become more pride, prided in myself as a person. And I think that's something over the years that, okay, you have always kind of follow business is business, but now we're at the age where social media is becoming so big yeah. when you start letting the personal, personal, break right, right, right. a little bit.
0: And I feel like it's crazy too. Like, I feel like we're all <clears throat> kind of at that age and like being in this industry, all three of us for double digit years now like obviously when facebook came out there was that craze and when instagram came out there was that craze and now snapchat and like i personally never had snapchat uh my take on it is it is a cheaters app so like if if you got snapchat it's cuz you're doing some shady shit i'll call you out I, I don't care if you want to be able to send a picture that can't be seen in 24 hours you're probably cheating on your significant <laughs> other
2: i don't I, I have snapchat but same thing like i don't really use it that much but yeah a, pe- a lot of people decide to message me on there. Yeah, I don't need to yeah. use a filter. Um, I'm ugly. I just live with it. It's fine. I got a beard. But that's, it's it's it covered it. now. We're like you could do the same shit on Instagram now, too. right? Like, I, yeah. I don't really know why I still have it to be honest. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, but like we're, we're, I think we're all getting to like. I think about when I got in the industry a long time ago, but like, and now even interactions like with friends, like if we all leave each other or whatever, it's like it's it's not like a big deal to be like, hey man, I love you. Like be safe. Mm-hmm. Like when. You think about 10 years ago, like like you had homies still and you had like real good friends, but like that just wasn't really a thing. Whereas like now you can leave the bar. Like I, you know, I'll use Kung Fu for an example, because if Hawk is working there and I walk in, he comes out from around the bar, gives me a huge hug, says, how you doing? When I leave, we give each other a big hug, say love you, like say be safe, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's like where the industry is evolving now. It's almost like people the 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 real ones are obviously going to prevail right like they're going to stand out and they're going to be genuine and they're going to be you know normal human beings and good people in general but like now it's becoming more of the norm to like express that and i think that's kind of cool like to kind of sit back and look at that um and understand like you know social media i think is it is. It's big. It's big in everything. I mean, I got a friend. I just told Connor, I got a friend that got uh, TikTok that had 4.3 million views. She sells tools, bro. She works for Hilti <laughs> and sells tools. I love her. I've known her for a few years. Super great chick. Um, she's getting interviewed to go on the Drew Barrymore show this week because of this TikTok.
2: Oh, man. And literally
0: made a TikTok just making fun of herself. It was like, I got tired of getting ghosted, so she made a... um a survey and it says it like ask questions like why did you ghost uh how hot is is you call it an exit interview yeah it's an exit interview oh, survey oh is what she made god. and it's like i'm not gonna say her name but it's like if her name was Brittany, it would be like how hot is Brittany?" really hot super hot oh my god so hot and really really hot but it's like it's funny because you got ghosted and now you're sending this exit interview to this guy but like maybe he didn't think you were hot so what's he supposed to choose But she's got but like that's social media for you. And like now she's trying to kind of build some stuff on that. So Nash will be on the lookout because I think her and I are gonna do some shit Mm -hmm. based on her social media like blow up apparently. But again, like just kind of getting back to it. People once you're in the industry for so long, I feel like you start to truly appreciate like genuine human being and like that genuine interaction and that genuine like care and feeling and like again you can you know if they're going to be friends and I mean hell we went out my birthday right to brunch and we all worked the night before until five in the morning and everyone was on time Danny didn't come he would have been late <laughs> but everyone else was on time and like and shit, Connor played the night before two two gigs I think the night before and then came to brunch and then played 10 roof after
2: I run running on fumes.
0: That was long. I think he had like four cups of coffee before we even ordered food. last More Red Bulls. So I think, it, I do think it's cool. Like, but again, you know, I look at you guys, like, I look at DJs in general. They're not necessarily employees for me. Like, I want you guys to want to be at the venues. I want you guys to want to play there. And, like, just don't come in and take a paycheck or get cash if we're at paradise. But, like, I, I want truly want you guys to be there. Like, the one, I I think one of the things I hate the most, like, if I'm talking to a DJ that I've known for a while and it's like, hey, like, how are all your gigs? Like, how's business? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, uh, you know, I'm getting a lot of gigs. I, I worked a triple, you know, a couple times the last couple weeks. And I'm like, oh, like, well, what are, the, like, what's the vibes like? And they'll say, sure. Like, I don't even like playing at these two places. And I'm like, then why the fuck do you play there? Money. Like, Rod and I had the conversation. Yeah. And Rod's like some people need to learn how to say no, and like they just yeah. take it because they want money. And it's like, I mean, I agree. I've done it before, so I have I, to, yeah. And but like, what does that set feel like for you? Guys? If you know you don't want to be there, you know you don't like playing. Like Rod played Twelve Thirty Club, the like members only thing, the opening of it, and it's like what, like fifteen hundred dollars, I think, or some sh- or fifteen grand for like a membership there. And it was so funny. He was texting me the whole time. He said there were never more than seven people in the room at a time. And I was going to go see him. And he was like, oh, it's all roped off, blah, blah, blah. Well, then I found out that anyone could fucking get in. But then he's like, yeah, it's a members only lounge. There's not even a bathroom up here. You pay 15 grand and you don't get your own bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like what? I need to be able to poop where oh, I sit God. if I paying <laughs> 15 grand. Like I don't even want to have to take my pants off.
1: Somebody does it for you. Man. Yeah. I did sneak in there one night when he first started.
0: That was the opening night. He told me that you yeah, should. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, Yeah, Danny was just standing there looking really awkward around a bunch of old white dudes. Yeah, it was, it was weird. But like he said after that night, and he played 1230s rooftop, and he's like, I don't really, I mean, not to speak for you, Rod, but he was like, I don't just don't really like playing, so I'm not going to play there. And there's some people that don't want to play at Whiskey Row or some people that don't want to play at TC Group places. And I think, you know, I've heard different reasons. I've heard, you know, sometimes you just don't get to talk to anybody, you feel like you're just there pushing buttons, and that's it um obviously you guys know from playing paradise with me that i try to be very hands-on make sure you guys have a drink if you need a drink make sure you guys get paid on time um i think i was i paid a lot of people hell i would pay rod and jeremy at the beginning of their set and rob would always rod would always joke and be like all right man i'm out i'm like all right well we just got here five minutes ago so good thing i paid you already um but like i think it's just again like that's that's for me that's valuing y- y'all's time right like i don't I don't want you to be there and waste four hours of your life if you don't want to be there and play for a set. So like, how do you feel? Like if you're walking into somewhere and you're like, damn, I really don't like this venue. Like I get it. Money is money. bills got to get paid. But like, if you're not like desperately scraping the bottom of the barrel and you just take this gig and you're like, damn, this is going to fucking suck. Like, how do you like get out of that? mind? How do you like, do you walk in with a bad attitude and like think that you're going to have a shitty set because of it? Or do you somehow like figure out how to get rid of that when you walk in the door?
2: Mm, two examples come to my mind talking about that is like the we were talking about doing three sets in a day I've only done that a few times but like I just I just feel like if you're doing that mean in, in in one day like you're one your ears are going to get tired no matter what like if you're a mixing sure. engineer like if you mix for eight hours a day like you can't do that and and, and expect that you're going to put out quality work so I just think like you're intent like i don't want to say integrity but that's the word that comes to mind your integrity is going to the, the integrity of your set is going to be compromised on that third
0: yeah by that third one we are by on fumes. that
2: fucking 10th 11th hour of bj in. and then yeah. you like can't remember if
0: you played this song at 10 a.m yeah <laughs> so you, then you're like i think i played the song earlier but i don't know where i was because i had 17 sets today so <laughs> i think i had one it
1: was i had four sets that day jeez this is in, in atlanta i had a fitness class set then had a mall set um was it it all four hours each no the gym was like two hours and then four hours at the mall and then i would have like a i used to play a game sound at at his bar called big sky in atlanta so i'd go do game sound and then i'll go do a late night set um but yeah you're literally counting down the minutes yeah it sounds exhausting the minutes um but you know it was out of it was my only Job at the time. So yeah. you gotta do what you gotta do. But now I do, I can't say I'm very blessed to have a day job, um, but still be able to DJ, right? So um I can kind of pick and choose, you know, where I feel comfortable with most, right?
0: And then when I'm going in, I'm kind of just fresh. Yeah. So drinking four Red Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> also, if Danny ever moves away from Nashville and comes back, we're gonna change his DJ name again to mm-hmm. DJ No Requests because <laughs> Danny hates being spoken to while he's DJing. (laughs) Nope. It is the funniest thing. Don't look at me. Someone would, like, come over and talk to me just look at me, and I'd have to go over and be, like, his personal bodyguard. Especially when he was inside, like, because inside Paradise, you're, like, just on the ground. Yeah. And people, like, I put up fucking stanchions and everything, and people still are, like, trying to hang over. People are ruthless. And it's just, it's wild. I, uh, you know, I think the
1: public needs to hear this. Your request
0: they cost money they cost money actually you're right (laughs) pay right pay these people
2: requests are like you're requesting something doesn't mean it's not not guaranteed
1: but it's costing the bar money because everybody's cleaning the room or the dance floor because your
0: song is trash you know it'd be really cool is if you guys paid djs more money and tips to play your requests and i could pay them less hourly (laughs) that'd be great Let's talk about a new business model here.
2: <laughs> I've, I've, t- I've told someone to try to get me $100 to play something. i told them that before because before, I knew it, Cliff Yeah, I remember what song it was. Somebody somebody was trying to pay me $50 one time to play a Seinfeld theme song. And I was like, bro, please get out of here. Like, yeah. It's, you're not funny. I need $1,000 for that. I mean, every once in a while. <laughs> because they're not going
0: to book me for three yeah. weeks. So I need to get paid for all the gigs I'm not getting. Right.
1: If it's in kind of the realm of what I'm playing now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe. If I like you. Um but if you just some DJs will like fucking cut all the music and just go straight to the request <laughs> for five bucks. I'm like, I don't know what just did, did. your computer just blow up? I don't know. Do you need another laptop? Because that didn't sound good. Yeah. I, I have a hundred dollar minimum. So I've actually had a lot of people pay it. So I
1: mean.
0: Danny's out here getting rich off you, <laughs> off you peasants, <laughs> off you requesting
2: ass peasants. If it's a song that I'm going to play anyways, yeah. I'm, like I'll go ahead and do it. Yeah. yeah. But like I had a guy at Whisper Oldest Weekend, he gave me like Two dollar for request. Like, I man, come
0: on, dude. I don't even want that. I don't want this two dollar bill.
2: Like, go tip go throw it in the tip jar yeah. for the bartenders. Or <laughs> Nor something. do I want your quarters. Like they probably don't want to see two dollars dropping there. But like, you know, I'm just saying, like that, that wasn't a hit at bartenders. I'm just saying, like, you yeah, know, like if you're gonna give me like five, ten bucks, just well same just shit like when I was throw it like, it the the next time I, you order something.
0: If I'm running a show and somebody comes up to me and asks like make some like ridiculous request for like booze or something that like I know is illegal. I'll tell them straight up, like, yo, if you can pay me my salary right now, I'll do it. Because I might not have a job for a year. So, <laughs> if you can pay the salary, and, like, at Paradise, you know, those those bartenders are making stupid money. And people come up and ask dumb shit, and they would say the same thing. Like, if you can pay me six figures right now for whatever you're asking me to do, I'll do it. Because then I'm going to lose my job.
2: But, like, people, like, it blows my mind that people just come up, you know. Because the manager's not going to come to the DJ and be like, Who requested this? Let's get him out of here. Yeah. Why did you play that? Right.
0: Stuff falls on you. Turn this shit off. Also, DJs shout out to all of you. But look at your phones while you're DJing. We all know that you're looking at social media or something anyways. (laughs) And if you have a MacBook, you probably get iMessage to your laptop. I'll turn it off. So (laughs) yeah, Connor has to because he gets a bunch of text messages from me asking me to get asking him to give me in the tin roof. And then I just see Josh outside. Hey, Josh um but yeah like pay attention to your phones because good managers active managers are going to text you if you're playing something you shouldn't play et cetera, et cetera. one of my biggest pet peeves is getting a response three songs later that says oh my bad didn't see this
2: <laughs> <laughs> i know for a fact you saw the message i made a focus mode for dj oh that's smart and i only put like managers nice that's TV smart yeah the- uh, that's a good tip, man. Yeah. Free game. I like that.
0: Also, if Connor texts you after 3 a.m., probably don't pick it up. Just <laughs> leave me on focus. Also, also DJs, don't
1: country. get butt hurt that managers are texting you. Nah, doing yeah, it's job. never it's personal. doing your job. Yeah. It's a business. It is. It's a business.
0: And again, at the end of the shift, we can crack a beer, hang out, whatever, but... I think everyone knows that I, I mean, I'm tough on people. I I always will be. I, I want everyone to be great and everyone to make more money as, as much as they can. And like the girls in Paradise to tell you I was tough on them, but they all made more money than they had before. And I think a lot of them some of them may not admit it, but most of them became better bartenders when we were there. And I think at Hopsmith, you know, that'll come with time too. They've got a pretty senior staff, but got some people coming with me that have worked with me before that will kind of throw a wrench into the system and put some put a little more giddy up in some people's some people's steps and kind of see but it's never personal like it's always business and then like you're in business mode for that four that four hour set yep. and Then after that we're homies again like and we're still homies while you're playing just don't fuck up because <laughs> i'm gonna call you out about it i've been i've been luckily like kind, i kind of consider sometimes i wish i didn't like i didn't know what i was listening to Cause like being best friends with a DJ and Ryan back home for twenty years, um, I like I mean I grew up listening to him DJ. So like when it like when it comes to like transitions and all that kind of stuff, like I can hear some of the intric- intricacies that a lot of people can't hear. And there's sometimes I'm like, I wish I didn't know that. That's just, <laughs> I, I just wish I wish I thought that's how it was supposed to sound, but I know it's not. So like sometimes I want to turn my brain off too. So don't. Don't be butthurt, like Danny said. Uh, it's not a, a personal text message. I, I'm annoyed having to send a text message, <laughs> ju- just as much as you're annoyed reading or not reading it until five songs later. Sucks. But either way, text messages read is just be better. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> be do anything but
2: this. It'd
0: be great. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what you're doing, but I don't like it. Switch it
2: now. Um, going back to that mood question, like going in, or like whoa, whoa, we were originally talking about sets in a day like the only other example i could think of is like if you're like actually sick or yeah like like like, like not feeling well not feeling well or like maybe you had like something happened in the family or
0: something like that like ate your- too much ice cream a <laughs> little little rum rum in your tum tum yeah
2: bubble gut <laughs> <laughs> the bgs it's aggressive it, it gets aggressive fast you still gotta i mean you kind of still have to show up and you're expected to perform you know
0: out here chugging Pepto-Bismol and eating Tums playing music for the people as no sick days Reggie from the W would always be like cocktails and dreams Trav that's all I'm giving out tonight cocktails and dreams (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking d like beats and dreams that's it that's all we got shout out here blessing people (laughs) blessing the eardrums um So we talked, Connor and I have had the conversation before. Danny, you and I have talked about it too. We know there's like five main, five DJ groups essentially in Nashville. And whoever's listening to this, don't like shoot me if I say the wrong thing. But I'm pretty sure I'm correct. Uh, There's Whiskey Jam. The guys that do Whiskey Row and a bunch of other places. They've got, uh, what is their roster at like 10 or 12? You're on that roster. But you don't play a ton for them. Right?
2: No, I only play whiskey Road for him.
0: Yeah. So they've got a bunch of guys. You've got uh, Joe Copeland and his guys over in East Nashville, Joe Co. shows. They're like straight East Nashville. If you have never met Joe Copeland, he is a beautiful human being and he is a psychopath. My man's like, I don't know what he weighs. He probably weighs about as much as I do, but like imagine me with a huge belly tattoo wearing a crop top everywhere I went. With a big beard and long hair, and that's joe Like he'll show up to DJ and he's wearing a crop top, tank top, and like <laughs> yep. and and damn near underwear. Like yep. they're not even shorts. Yeah, they're he's wearing underwear. Shorts. And like I love Joe to death. And anyway <laughs> I get scared anytime I see him out of the bar because like there's gonna be booze coming my way. And the dude never stops. Like I never want to be at a bar with him when we're someone that carries him lord Because I, I, I know he's sending it to me. I know he's sending it to me. Oh, but also, we know. have Malord at Hopsmith. So when you break your sober streak, no, nope. that's nope. what you're breaking. that
2: or good? I've never had it? It's I've never had it, but I've heard it makes you throw up. It, is it like rumple? It
0: is no, it's worse. It's like everyone's description of it is pretty funny. I have I have random ones. I compare it to like a sweaty gym sock that you then stuffed in your underwear to make it look like oh. you had a bigger dick. You ran around with it all day long with a sweaty. Gym sock around your wiener, and then you took the sock out, sh- like, rang it dry into a shot glass, and took a shot of that.
2: Yeah, that's gross. I've, I've had friends be like, again, I've never had it, but they were like, they were in bars in Philly, and they were like, if you buy me a shot of a lard, we're fighting.
0: <laughs> fighting. <laughs> this isn't a gift. He's this like, is disrespect. Like,
2: he was not joking. He
0: was <laughs> like, he's like, we are throwing hands if you buy me a shot. <laughs> yeah. of and I'm not drinking it. You just wasted 10
2: bucks, and I'm going to whip your ass now for buying me this shit. So maybe you should smell it at Hopsmith now before you take it. Go back. Dude, Travis it's gross. It's,
0: it's terrible. It doesn't sound good. Not at all. <laughs> I just, yeah, keep the Lord away from me. It's based out of Chicago. I think they just got it in Nashville, and, like, the psychos are like, wow, can't wait. We got the Lord. I'm like, you guys need Jesus. I don't tell anybody to go to church, but you need to go Yeah, because you need help. Um, okay, so you got we've got off topic because Joko and all those guys are <laughs> so wild. So you got Joko shows, whiskey jam, you've got Premier, right is mm-hmm. Nudie's, Tootsie's a couple other places they book for. Uh, I think the only Eric Fortin is on that, right? And then
2: I think I mean, I think Eric works for himself, but yeah,
0: yeah, and then Mason Edwards is one of the guys that we know from v a yeah, that's on it. Um, and then you've got. Who's the other one? There's always another one. I forget. TC. Yes. I don't know why. I just They're like the whole fucking thing. And I always forget <laughs> them. Like the whole, the whole street on Broadway is TC group. And I yep. always forget them. Um, <clears throat> TC group. And then you got the fifth one. They're like, I consider them like the outliers. Like they're like the Randos. They're the Danny's, the Jeremy's, the Rod's, um, Austin Yarborough, Daniel Jones um who else like connor i kind of consider you one of those guys even though you're with whiskey jam you play with them um just trying to working for yourself
2: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: and it's just out there like and you know not it's i'm not knocking any djs in the city but there are we've seen them all we we know there are djs in the city that love it more than others and and i think you can like i said earlier you can always tell who loves it and who's doing it for a paycheck or or what have you and it's interesting to see the different dynamics of all of those groups, um, and even like just being socially like out with them, right? Like interacting with them in a bar, like it's just sometimes can feel a little clicky, which is kind of weird. So we're all in the same industry, but like I don't know. I guess if you get booked at Whiskey Row, you're like big time, <laughs> big shot. Gee, I'm not. I'm not a DJ. I don't get booked. Ah, <laughs> So Danny, let's hear about all of your feelings with these DJ groups. because <laughs> you've been in so many cities and like you know, I have, and you know, like I always obviously I like to bring up DC and Arlington from when I was there, and like how tight knit is that community? Like
1: man, it's, it's insane. It's hard to get in anywhere in big cities. You really do have to kind of show your worth, right? Um, even here in Nashville, I got approached by Premier when they first started the company you know eight nine years ago um, it's cool they got their own thing they've got their people that you know I wouldn't say they're inexperienced but they haven't experienced anything else other than that you know I think that's where they go and there's other companies like TC Group make you sign an visiting contract you know you could only play for them right? um of course whiskey jam they
0: stick to who they stick with right um i just region. wonder too like as a patron and I, this is like a generic question so anybody who listens to this you can just like like dm me and tell me what your thoughts are is it when you have the same djs at the same venue over and over and over again
2: do you still love going to the venue every In the like, same time slot yeah I mean, like I the only like I say that as a resident, like you can always find me on Sunday. Yeah, I I
0: mean, but that that's what I was just thinking about is like obviously immediately I think about Tin Roof on Sunday from three to eight is always you, but like a lot of the like even Rod and Jeremy have both gotten away from residencies, but like and I don't mean like Jeremy's got the Thursday night at, at Rosemary, and I don't mean like those kind of sets because those like the B side set is like all old school hip hop stuff. I mean like the friday and saturday night guys mm-hmm. where you're going and you're listening to the same top 40 bangers all night long every single friday and saturday night no matter who the crowd is even tin roof on a sunday you go there you're at home like you're at church it's tin roof on sunday is a town to me and it's funny because my buddy kenny johnson was here yesterday and i was like we gotta take a shot i haven't seen you in six years and he says i wanted to make me feel like a town and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it'll never. And I have like experience, you know, I have
1: experience, you know, DJing in Arlington. Yeah. um, A lot, actually. Um, And that goes to show you, like, big cities, you got to kind of, you got to kind of work your way
0: into that clique. Um You do. But once you get in, you're, like, in for life. You're in for life. I mean, I can go, I go, whenever I go back to see my mom, if I go in any of those yep. bars, like, very rarely do I ever buy a drink. Yeah. Like, I'll pay for food. Yeah. But, like, if I take my mom to dinner or wherever we're going, like, Tab's paid for. And it's not because, like, I, it's not because I'm a big wig or anything. Like, it's just the community. Like, if those guys come here, they know they're not paying for shit. I'll figure it out. I'll get in trouble. I don't care. Same so, team. Yeah, that's it. Like, same team, same dream. Just out here. Yeah. Cocktails and dreams and beats and nightmares. Yep. We got to yep. come up with a new one for DJs. <laughs> we need a slogan that shit. Um. So, yeah, I mean, the groups, like, again, for for me, it's, I always wonder, like, as a patron, going to Whiskey Row every Friday and Saturday, we know there are people that do it. They're not us, because it's Broadway on a Friday or Saturday, and everyone knows you're either working or be, like, if you live here, it's just not really. But, I mean, like, Whiskey Row on Sunday afternoons, I feel like it's been getting, like, real rowdy lately, like, they're Sunday late night filled with a lot of industry people i feel like a lot of people from tin roof go like make their way over there
2: some people who still have it in them yeah
0: it ain't me me. (laughs) that's a no for me dog there's no way i'm not i I think nashville is
1: still the reason why i left nashville is everyone always wanted to be at the newest place yeah the most hopping place then when a new one opened that place dies.
0: yeah they're homie hopping the whole time
1: that's it yeah you know and i'm not living in You know, big cities, D.C., Atlanta, like, they don't care about what the newest thing, because there's so many other options. Yeah. As to where Nashville is still kind of culturally in shock of, oh, we finally got this. Like, for example, Whataburger opened. There's a line miles down the road for Whataburger just because... It's new. It's new. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's 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 like Shake that Shack. Show. When they
0: opened Shake Shack at Fifth and Broad at Assembly, yeah. I, people were like lined up out the door. And I was like, "It's a burger."
1: If, if that shit was free, I wouldn't wait in line. Like, I could say <laughs> the same with I could say the same with bars and nightclubs here in Nashville. Um, so until
0: there's more options, well, there's enough options, right? But still more shit going up. Yeah, we're gonna have th- we're gonna have three new venues on Broadway in the next year and a half. Yeah, no, four at least four.
1: But you've closely, got bottle blonde.
0: You've got whoever bought Kai and I Joe is gonna open something. Yeah. You've got whoever just bought Paradise. We heard Not a about I, heard a rumor, but we didn't. It's nothing confirmed. Then you've got um uh. Did I say bottle blonde? Yeah. That's going next to the boot store. They bought the boot store. Mm-hmm.
1: That's huge. That's a five story. That's probably gonna be. That's a, is that Riot as well? No, that's a completely different group. Riot build, sold.
0: They're gonna build that up. They're going straight up. They already got two floors in it. So like if they're smart, which they are because they're successful, they'll open those two floors and then just keep building while they're fucking open, making money. Yeah. I mean, that's a whiskey row competitor right there because then you're going to open and you're going to be making money, like making
2: money while you're still spending money. That's a whiskey row competitor in Scottsdale too. So, Oh yeah. They're all in that same mm-hmm. block in Scottsdale. I yeah. think, I think what, there's one in Chicago too. That's What
1: bottled blonde is going to bring, you know, um, to the table is going to be more less honky tonk and more kind of like, if you go to DLS, it's like going to be yeah, service, so model model service, service, yeah. VIP, which is cool, but they're also going to be be bringing in high caliber open format club DJs that I know that like, I'm used to
0: going to Vegas, LA, New York. They're putting someone on there. Uh, they're like, I think they're signing a contract with, I, I heard two country stars. Yeah. As like, they're, they're like, names for the building oh because wow. of course if you open
2: on broadway you got to put someone's, someone's name on your there. building <laughs> yeah but like that's crazy but it'll it'll definitely put which is funny because they're if they're not if they're not going for that honky-tonk field and maybe they might put young buck's name on there
1: oh god
0: he's me. gonna come to come to one of marissa's sets again and just be all up in the dms i just that I... was probably one of my funniest encounters ever at paradise park what well young buck was there one night like yeah just chilling yeah. He lit up a black on the on the rooftop. I was like, "Hey man, you can't smoke that up here." And he was like, "Oh, I, I respect you and I appreciate that. I'll put it out." He's like, "Do you know who I am?" And I was like, nope. He says, "I'm I'm Young Buck." I'm. Uh, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." You still can't smoke that here. So <laughs> thank you. And then Marissa came in and played, and she was like, "I see him out all the time. He's always around." Blah blah blah. He seemed like a nice dude. We had we had some some good ones and some bad ones come through there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think what I'm excited, these big, big restaurant groups are coming in, is the caliber of talent that's going to be starting putting other DJs on notice. Yeah. Um, I'm not.
0: Where you go go into a venue, you're like, damn, this DJ is dope. And then you go next door to the DJ you used to think was dope. And you're like, wow, this place is
1: trash. They're flying those Scottsdale guys out. They're flying those. Vegas guys out, those Miami guys out. Yeah, you know, and those are guys that I respect because they've done it the way that I've done it as well. Um, being very humble and and knowing your worth, right? You're not just a And treating everybody like humans. Exactly. I exactly. say,
0: it, man. Give everybody a water. <laughs> if it's a brunch set, get that boy a glass of milk and a cookie. Yeah. Unless you're at 10 room, get a quesadilla. R.I.P. <clears throat> Betty White a Dilla, and a pipe
2: bomb.
0: I didn't do any Marcus pipe. Champions. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Connor's out here shotgunning straight Red Bulls. Oh. Can I have a pipe bomb without the, the pipe? pipe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That would be funny. Um, So let's talk a bit about the national scene. Like, what's happening. And Daniel brought this up when we had dinner the other night, but he's like – he said, he's like, this might be too deep of a, of a conversation, but let's talk about a little bit. Like we know the scenes, right? We talked about this right before we started recording where like, we used to be able to go to Midtown any weekend night and like you'd see minimal tourists. Now that's shifting. And Tin Roof is getting, Tin Roof is getting a lot of national recognition at this point, I think, because they have the venues in the other, in the other cities and like, they're not the Nashville one. They're not the one on and But like, they're performing well, and so people are coming here and seeing Tin Roof and knowing that name, and they're mm-hmm. waiting in line. And Kung Fu, like everything on Division Street, same thing. A lot of tourists are going to Winners and Losers. We knew that was like always a tourist spot because you never you could walk in and Luke Combs could be sitting on the stage like drinking a Budweiser and singing a song, yep. on a Monday afternoon. Or C. Y. would be there just hanging out like he always fucking is. I mean, the dude's a damn mayor essentially that place. <laughs> Um, but like you're getting more, there's just more tourists like going into the spots that used to be all of ours. So like, and I haven't been to East Nashville in a while. I'm assuming that's still kind of like probably hippie town, more locals still like Lakeside Lounge. Love a good Lakeside Lounge night. Like there's just divey, a couple pool tables, cheap beer. I heard Crying Wolf isn't doing very well. So that's kind of sad to hear. Oh, damn, man. They moved the Freak Me Monday. They moved it somewhere else that's, I think, on Broadway somewhere. But it's not the same DJ. The, the girl that used to play it isn't playing anymore. Oh. So that, like, lost all of its steam. But, like, Three Crows reopened after the tornado. But, like, now in the city, are we starting to build venues, like, specifically for tourists? Like, I think of Bottle block And I think of really all these places that are, like, nightlife, like nightclub-style places, DLS. I love it it's my favorite venue in the city one of my favorite venues in the city the build out was done very well the sound is perfect the lights are incredible but like i even look at them and being from nightclubs like dc was a big tourist town but like we like when i started we were a promotions team at 17 years old uh me and a couple guys and we were just like had a street team up and down the street passing out flyers because there was still that many locals that were going to come out in Nashville, where, like, are we getting to the point where like, we're just not going to see familiar faces anymore, unless they're employees, because like you're opening all these new venues and like, how is bottle bond going to like, how are they going to promote? Like, they're just going to bring, they're just going to fly in whales every week that are like going to spend dumb money. And it's possible. Like, that's not, that's not a bad business idea, but like, at what point do we think it's turning too commercial, too tourist driven. Um, and like losing some of the, I think the character of what Nashville is. And like, that's from everything. Like if we start getting these DJs come, like you said, it's going to put, it's going to put other DJs on notice, but at the same time, like, is it going to affect the local DJ scene as well? And like you guys as DJs, like, dude, would you want to go play somewhere that you're playing to literally zero people? Let's like, playing damn near at a music festival like does that kind of gig like excite you guys in a sense of like i get books i go and make money there and like having a good time like do you think you would have a good time if you're not like surrounded by friends and family like i say friends and family not to be like cheesy but like
2: what do you guys think it's always nice to have people you know there yeah um i've definitely had people be like oh you're playing there yeah i don't want to stand in line or i don't want to get into that madness so, yeah, there's those nights. The hell, there's times you're playing. You just gotta. It's like we were talking about earlier, like if you know you're going into it and it's all it's going it might be all tourists one night. You might not know a single person to build a separate staff. Yeah. But just gotta kinda wing it. Well, it's kind of pushing everybody out,
1: um, in terms of locals hanging out.
0: You
1: know? Yeah. Now they're going to budget Houston, Germantown, East, you know, kind of on the outskirts of it because of how many people's coming to the city. Yeah. But with all these tourists keep coming
0: and spending nineteen dollars for a locker. Exactly. red. Exactly, and that's it's growing the city.
1: It's good for the city. Yeah, you know, it's good for the city. People complain about it, but yo, that's money in your pocket that you right. would not have had if they didn't come and right. spend that money. Yeah, right. But there's a caveat to that: is you are feeling pushed out. You could say gentrification, and I would call it industrialization. That we're we're growing and we're growing up, not out, which is good. Um, but I mean, I don't hang out downtown or in midtown. Yeah. I'll go hang out in Midtown after a gig if I'm, like, walking right past Ten Roof. I'm like, Connor, come to the back door. It's <laughs> got to be, like, a, a special
0: thing. Yeah, like, put
2: me on blast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tried a funny story about the back door. I tried to go to the back door. Connor was like, just go to the back door. It'll be fine. I walked back there. It was a manager I had never seen before. I was like, yeah, Connor said, "I." Could, and this goes back to, like, people knowing your real name. <laughs> I said to him, <laughs> oh, Connor told me I can come back here and go through the back door. And he was like, who the fuck is Connor? I was like, I don't know, you're a DJ every single Sunday for the last time ever long. Like, I don't know, bro. He just told me to come back here. And he was like, Yeah, well, I'm the manager, so no. I was like, All right. And then of course fucking Brandon Henderson walks like as I'm walking back to the front to get in line, Brandon Henderson's walking back around with like four girls. He's like, Oh yeah, this is home base. I'm going to meet so-and-so to go in the back door. I was like, Cool man. Have I'm fun. gonna I'm gonna go fuck myself. <laughs> Glad the weather's nice out. I'm gonna go stand in line. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to me, like what's happening in the city and like how fast it's growing. I'm also really curious to see like when somebody going to throw in a billion dollars and build like an elevated train, because if we don't get public transportation downtown, that's the one, like I, all my friends from back home are like, what's the one thing holding the city back? Like they've asked me about Nashville, Jacksonville, all, all the other cities I've lived in. Um, the one thing in Nashville is the public transit system, like there's no infrastructure
1: non-existent
0: yeah you can't build a subway because you can't go underground now all the shit you have they're gonna so do the only thing you do that, is an
2: l train they're gonna do that light rail yeah and then it was i mean everybody's taxes were gonna go through the roof so that's why they voted it down which i get it but like if you you know if you don't do nothing about it we're all you think fired. about like think about broadway on friday saturday now they're closing it
0: at eight o'clock from second to fifth so as an uber like all the ubers have to pick up on those side streets like, mm-hmm. And like traffic is just so bad, like some someone's gonna get killed. Like there's already been people that got killed. So like I'm just
2: curious, like at what point they will have to do it, like Bill Street in Memphis, like where it's just completely cut off. I mean they have like basically a, a small little checkpoint. Yeah. I don't know if if y'all have been out in Memphis. recently. I've never been there. But I went out after a Grizz game one time, and they just do a little wand wand wave and then let you in. And I wonder if they just like say fuck the street,
0: and just like build a trolley rail. On the street, well, they they talked about that, but they turned it
1: down. It was supposed to go to West End. It's supposed to go from downtown to West End, and they
0: they mixed it. Cause like, think about how how much like it would cost money to do it, but think about how much money that would bring into the city. Like all the tourists would use actually, and you don't
2: have to stay in the core. You yeah, stay Uber, out Lyft, those fucking scooters. Well, I guess all the locals who are Ubers are voting any kind of mass transit down.
0: Nah, it's true. I don't know. Well, that's not talking about DJs anymore. So <laughs> um, so kind of wrapping this one up, this is episode one of kind of a series. We're going to talk a little bit more about the industry stuff. I know that on these episodes, I've talked a little more about personal stuff and some other kind of things. Um, this will be a series. This is the first one talking about DJs, the importance of them, what they bring to the table, uh, the people that you listen to that you don't know their real names because they're celebrities. <laughs> And then you have Give to then you have to pay <laughs> then you have to pay five dollars to request the cupid shuffle. And Danny plays it every time. No matter what. Nope. Ten AM or twelve AM. Hard pass. Still Cupid Shuffling. I won't will... <laughs> no. every day I'm shuffling. Warfield
2: baby. Warfield played before me on Sunday for the Betty uh White brunch. Thing. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I forgot I didn't even play the Golden Girls theme song. I was like, go ahead and get out of the way because I do not have that Yeah, shit. Like, no, <laughs>
0: ain't no way in hell. Betty, the Betty White brunch is over at three o'clock, bro. I was like, please go ahead and play man. We're going back to house bangers now for a while. <laughs> See you never. Um, so, yeah, this is episode one. The next episode, uh, we're going to dive into another aspect of the business. Uh, and we'll just talk a little bit about kind of do the same thing. Get some more industry professionals in here. Um, and it's not necessarily to expose the industry, but I think it's, for me, this is really like conversations to start allowing for lack of better words, start allowing the common folk, like into our lives, right? Like we do this for a living. We love to come in and like create this party and help everyone else have a good time and get people drunk and, and, and create a party. But like, there's, you know, again, there's still so many times that like, we're spoken down to, we mm-hmm. deal with some, we deal with some dumb shit. Like we're talked to like, we're like, I had a, we were talking about this at one of our manager meetings where it's like, when I used to be behind a bar, someone would come in and I'm like, Hey man, what's up? Like, how's it going? And the first thing they said to me is vodka soda. I'm like, cool, man. I'm great. I'll just go fuck myself now. Thank you for asking. Like, <laughs> and like, that's like the thing, like people, I know people will go up to you guys while you're playing and just say like a song.
2: Even like they want to... No, they'll, no, they'll just throw up their phone in their in yeah. our face with That's text. Yeah, the like thing. they're playing heads
0: up, like from across yeah. the room.
2: I'm I like, I can't hey. stand that shit. I yeah. will just give them a thumbs up. I'm just like, I... yeah, <laughs> fuck off, man. Good like... thing you give them a thumbs up. I'd be like, I do like the whole
0: chin thing. Yeah. I'm just like fuck you guys from afar. Um, so yeah, this is you know obviously the episode talking about DJs. We're gonna talk about um, dress codes on the next episode.
2: Mm.
0: We got a a pretty pretty intense dress code flyer that was posted um, and published a few years ago in another city. And that was uh, that was a pretty big deal. And it's funny, well, it's ironic. It is a venue that is coming to Nashville that posted a very uh, inappropriate um, dress code. And obviously, you know, citing back to the rebar situation last week or two weeks ago, their head of security was interviewed on Monday or Tuesday or something like that after he quit. And he said the same thing, like the dress code that was created at Rebar was essentially, you know, what black people wear. What, like what he was like, this is what all, what all African-Americans wear. Hoodies, sunglasses, baggy jeans. Like this isn't like stereotyping saying that's what they all wear. Cause I'm very guilty of wearing joggers every Friday, Saturday. <laughs> I've been turned away from venues before too. I, have to, uh, I have because, to wear for wearing joggers. Yeah, thing. because I don't have a fucking pair of Cause I don't have a belt loop on my pants. <laughs> like as they're like asking me to lift my shirt to see if I have a gun in my waist, It's like, no, I don't have a fucking gun in my waist. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about dress code and like what that looks like and what, what is truly realistic of a dress code. Right. Because at some, like you're always going to be crossing a bound somewhere and it's going to offend someone. So like, we're going to talk about dress codes. It'll be interesting. I'll get a couple security guys on here. And like, at what point do you keep a clean dress code without pissing everyone off? Like,
2: mm-hmm. like you're gonna offend somebody right. somewhere.
0: Yeah, but that's every day. I mean, shit, you guys offend me with your shitty music all the time. So <laughs> you can't make everybody happy. <laughs> just, nope. just, just wanted you guys to know that. Um, no, for real, thanks to you guys for coming out, chatting, letting us into your world a little bit. Um again, DJ Houndstooth, who plays Sunday Fundays at Tin Roof. His real name is Connor. Feel free to say hi, Connor, when you walk by. With an ER. With an ER. Hard ER. Hard ER. And he's a ginger. You can't miss him. <laughs> normally, he'll have at least three hype men standing around him. Always. <laughs> Danny and Travis. <laughs> I'm normally standing behind him because he, when he has to go to the bathroom, I watch the decks. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm here for. I'm not dropping beers on surge protectors or knocking the entire table over. So I'm here for that. I did kick a guy out of Tin Roof that one time. When he came I
2: remember in.
0: That. What? So one of his buddies was like fucking hammered, and he like just—he—he oh, he almost fell onto my table. Yeah, he almost not—he almost broke everything. So he like falls back, like just completely busts his ass. And Chris and I like had just got there, probably like thirty. Same minutes guy before. yesterday.
2: He—he he leaned. He—he's the one who knocked into the table. He didn't hit it. Oh, you hard. like pushed him away. And I like pushed him. I was like, bro, get out of here, you
0: drunk. <laughs> like Chris and I pick him up, and we just take him outside. And of course we don't work there, but we're like, Hey man, it's time to go. And he's like, do you guys work here? And we both were like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Get out. So we walk him out <laughs> for sure. <laughs> we walk him out and I say to the door guy, I was like, yeah, that dude's done. He can't come back in. And he just kind of looks at me weird. And then it, like, he started to go to the other door and I was like, no, man, he almost just broke all your DJ equipment. Like he's actually, he, you shouldn't let him back in here. It was so fucking funny. She's <laughs> out here protecting Connor and his belongings.
2: That's my, my my worst nightmare. Is someone just pulling that table over. That shit's gonna happen. We should just make a milk crate table. Make it make
0: it even more sketchy. <laughs> <Mil-crate>, <laughs> milk crate challenge table. Yeah, Josh,
2: I vote to make a sketchier DJ booth in two bits immediately. Th- that's my table actually. Like so, I probably just need to get a better table. But, <laughs> but I only use that. Josh, one pay before. Connor more money so you can afford a better table. <laughs>
0: Or people that are requesting songs. I only
2: use that one because it goes up so high. It's the highest one I could find. I don't want to like bend over one, BJ. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to put milk crates under it.
0: <laughs> Just do it puff. Thanks again uh, for you guys for hanging out tonight. Uh, this is a long episode, an hour and a half. Um, this will get posted soon, maybe tonight. I don't know, might get crazy. Uh, we will catch you guys though. We're going to talk about the dress code stuff and some other like security things. Um, Probably talk about that in February, maybe around, maybe around Galentine's day. Yeah. Connor, are you going to be my Valentine? I don't know. Wow. I might sit this one out. The lack of <laughs> commitment. All right. Appreciate you guys. Y'all be safe. Have a good night. See you guys next time.